0: Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 208. We'll continue in the book of Job with a brief summary of chapters 36 through 39 and follow with some thoughts about speaking to the whirlwind. As Job doesn't have anything to say in response to Elihu's contribution to the discussion, Elihu continues. And he begins his fourth and final speech. It will run over the next two chapters and be less a rebuttal to Eov and more a spirited defense of his worldview in which God is great and anyone who says differently is a dummy. Quote, wait for me a bit while I tell you that there are still words on God's behalf. I shall speak my mind far and wide and show that the rights with my maker the world functions as it should, and suffering, which is part of the world, has a purpose. quote, And if captives are in fetters and snared in the bonds of affliction, he tells them their acts and their crimes which grow great. And he lays bare their ear to reproof and says they must turn from wrongdoing. If they obey and serve, they will finish their days in bounty and their years in pleasantness. You big dummy! So the choice is yours. Pick wisely. And Elihu urges Eov to do just that. Why choose otherwise? God's power is absolute. Quote, Recall that you exalt his deeds, which men have espied. All humankind has beheld him. Man looks from afar. Why, exalted is God, and we know not the number of his years is unfathomed. For he draws down drops of water. They are distilled in the rain of his wetness. As the skies drip moisture, shower on abounding humankind. He continues with other examples about rain clouds, lightning, and thunder, as if he is foreshadowing what is to come in the climactic moment of this book. Chapter 37 continues with the meteorological metaphors, now bringing snow, torrential rains, and ice storms into the mix. All are part of God's wonders, and all have direct impact on humans. But Elihu points out that there are humans who are unaware of this, especially Eov, quote, Do you know when God directs them and his thunderhead's lightning shines? Do you know of the spread of cloud, the wonders of the perfect in knowledge, when your garments feel warm as the earth is becalmed from the south? You big dummy! And despite this, many do not find God. And it doesn't matter if you want to deploy your intellect and reason to discover God or how God works. Don't bother. Your job is clear. To fear God. Full stop. Chapter 38 begins, the end of the Book of Job, with the moment we've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event! Quote, And Adonai answered Job from the whirlwind, and he said, Who is this who darkens counsel in words without knowledge? Gird your loins like a man, that I may ask you, and you can inform me. God does not have a bone to pick with Eov over his misdeed because there isn't one, and everyone knows that. God is here because of Eov's caucasity for daring to criticize how God rules the universe. Because Eov's knowledge is limited. How limited? Quote, "'Where were you when I founded Earth? Tell, if you know understanding. Who fixed its measures, do you know? Or who stretched a line upon it? In what were its sockets sunk?' Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who hedged the sea with double doors, when it gushed forth from the womb, when I made cloud its clothing, and thick mist its swaddling bands? And for the rest of this chapter, and the next two, God fires question after question at Eov, all basically asking the same thing. Don't you know who I am? And as God breaks it down about the lion hunting for prey and the raven and the mountain goat and all the calving gazelles and all the wild asses, etc, 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 the only thing missing from this relentless peppering of do you know how this fauna works is, you guessed it, humans. Because if you think about it, the natural world seems much more logical and ordered than the human world. God is on much more solid ground here when God says something like, quote, did you give might to the horse? Did you clothe his neck with a mane? Did you make his roar like locusts, his splendid snort is terror? The natural order is, well, the natural order. There's a predator, there's prey, there's the calving season, etc. etc. It runs like clockwork. What humans come up with is a bit messier. But one could say, that the natural order is altogether indifferent to humans. The rain does not care upon whom it falls. Nature is unsentimental and violent. Perhaps this is the key to understanding what comes next. (laughs) Eov's encounter with God is not unique in the Tanakh, nor is the mode of his encounter. Many have spoken to God face to face. There's even a word for this, when the deity appears. It's theophany, and it's all over the Tanakh. God speaks to Adam and the woman in the Garden of Eden. God speaks to Cain after he murdered his brother Hevel. God speaks to Noach and his sons... God also appeared twice to Hagar, Avraham's concubine. God speaks to Moshe first in the form of a burning bush, but then face to face. And at Sinai, God's presence is so fear-inducing that the Jews are terrified and they ask Moshe to engage with God for them. God spoke to Shmuel in a dream vision. God also spoke to Yeshayahu, Amos, Yirmiyahu, Yehezkel, and Zechariah. Indeed, one could say that the very definition of a prophet is someone with whom God speaks directly. However, there are three instances where this interaction is accompanied by wind and storm. Robert Alter prefers to translate se'ara, simply a storm, but acknowledges that the consequent phrase, the voice from the whirlwind, quote, have been so deeply embedded in the imagination of speakers of English after the King James Version that it seems wise not to tamper with it. The three instances involve Yonah, Eliyahu, and now Eov. Yonah, if you recall from episode 141, was charged by God to, quote, go at once to Ninveh, that great city, and proclaim judgment upon it, for their wickedness has come before me. But instead of heading east to Ninveh, Yonah flees to the port of Yafo and the first available ship, heading as far west as possible. Within two verses of the original command, God's anger manifests in a Sa'ar Gadol, a tempest, which descends on the sea and threatens to shatter the ship into pieces. Yonah, meanwhile, is sleeping below decks, but when the sea captain and sailors confront him and do that lottery thing, etc., Jonah Yonah tells them, quote, heave me overboard and the sea will calm down for you, for I know that this Sa'ar Gadol, this terrible storm, came upon you on my account. We know how that story goes. Yonah is thrown overboard, and the Se'ara takes him down to the depths of the sea. Eliyahu, who we invite to join us in our satyrs every year like some Passover Santa, also has an encounter with the whirlwind, 2 Kings chapter 2, and it's at a climactic moment in the long series of comic interludes where Elisha, his protege, is asked repeatedly by everybody he seems to meet, quote, do you know that Adonai will take your master away from you today? To which Elisha replies, I know! (laughs) Later on, Elisha would have another one of those comic and, for me, iconic moments where he's mocked by a group of youths for his baldness and he summons a bear to eat them. Eliyahu is a strange figure in Jewish tradition. In the present moment, he is, as I said before, a kind of Passover Santa. An avuncular figure, the harbinger of the Messiah. But in First and Second Kings, he goes ham regularly on idol worshippers and naysayers. He's a zealot, hated by the authorities and isolated from society by his unwillingness to compromise on God's demands that we do better. Anyone who works in community organizing or for the Jewish community in some official capacity will tell you that people are exhausting. As Eliyahu approached the end, he was utterly exhausted and alone, and so it's poetically appropriate that he is swept up by himself in the whirlwind to spend the rest of eternity alone with his maker. The third instance is our boy Eov, who is addressed twice by God from the whirlwind. He does not descend like Yonah, nor does he ascend like Eliyahu. He surprisingly remains in place, blasted by a wind that does nothing except destroy. If you recall, a mere mighty wind took down his house and killed his family. Oh, a mighty winds are flowing it's giving up the sand it's blowing out a message to everyone child and man but a sarah is not just a mighty wind it's a destructive force what we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff you know what we do uh, put it up to 11, 11 exactly one loud why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder These go to 11. And it is also an expression of nature's indifference to human presence or effort. There's nothing we can build that can truly withstand the Se'ara, but we try nonetheless. Eov is not physically destroyed by this whirlwind, but perhaps by the relentless rhetorical questions generated from its midst. All of which can be summed up by one simple query. Where were you? The answer should be right here, but that answer doesn't even reach the hem of God's robe or whatever other metaphor you'd like to employ to indicate insignificance, irrelevance, and indifference. Eov is just a person, mortal, flawed. In the face of God and the whirlwind, there can be no answer. If you like what you heard today, spread the word about Tanakhcast. Tell a friend about TanakhCast over coffee. Send another friend an email or text. Nothing fancy. Help your aunt who just got her first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to TanakhCast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning five this podcast. And it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for TanakhCast at Patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for Episode 209, when we conclude the Book of Job with chapters 40 through 42.